1: Good morning Cleveland, it's another exciting episode, we are looking deep into the cornerback room, I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Wright right, right. Jack how are you? I'm good, um, it's a good fun episode this one, is a position where literally we know one starter, we know one depth guy and everything could go who know what way, which way, um, so yeah great fun. Excellent Ian. Are you excited about this one, mate?
0: It's snowing again in Chicago. It's snowing again. There's more snow.
1: Have you I been shoveling feel, today?
0: I actually feel that I've done more work removing snow from my driveway than Greedy Williams did all year. Ooh, that was a bit of a dig.
1: Anyway, well,
0: guys. He doesn't Jack, have a good shoulder. I do.
1: Jack, I'll let you lead and I'll catch up with you during the show okay guys so we're on to the browns cornerback room Uh, we're doing cornerbacks today safeties uh, will come at you on wednesday Um, and so it's just another one of these breakdowns we'll start with the headline numbers the nfl on average has 10 dbs on the roster usually broken down as six corners four safeties i'm think we'll have a slight variation with the Browns because we've talked about only having five linebackers and five linebackers because he wants to play nickel and dime, Woods will lead to an 11th DB. And I I think that just makes sense at the end of the day if you're going to have six guys out there having five depth pieces is a sensible move. How this breaks down between seven corners, four safeties um, or six corners, five safeties will very much be down to Joe Woods. We honestly don't have a clue um, what he actually wants in terms of a three-safety defense on nickel play, on yeah on nickel plays or a slot corner for a third corner out there when you've got five DBs on the field. So just before we get into, say, how the total room breaks down, Ian, if you had to guess on nickel, three safeties or three corners?
0: Three safeties. Just because if they go big on you now, one of those safeties would have to obviously be a guy like Grant Delpit. Um, Just because from a matchup standpoint, I need somebody who can, I have, I have an easier time believing that Delpit can do slot corner slash free safety. than I do a guy like Kevin Johnson being able to drop back and play a quarters cover three, you know, area of the field. So I would say they're probably going to go with that third safety Leaving, you know, Ward and then the other two guys. How yeah, they, and- how they want to see fed?
1: Okay, so if if it goes that route, what we're looking at from the roster is two starting outside corners, then two depth corners, uh, both outside, and then a rotational slot corner. So they're not going to be a full time slot corner. You're not going to go big if you're looking for one of these slot corners, and it's not an expensive position anyway, which we'll get into, but. It's effectively what this... They're going to have a slot corner on the roster, whether it's some in the plays just on these dime plays, so sort of 30 35% of the time, um, compared to someone out there, 75% of the time, where, as Ian said, they're more likely to have a safety. Obviously, we're looking from the past, and that's where Woods leans to. Who knows? It might have just been the options in his... Uh, playbook there. But I, I, I would guess probably, yeah, as uh, Ian said, safety makes more sense for the uh, nickel defense. Um, so a- anything to add before we, we throw the first name out there?
0: No, the only, only thing you really kind of have to look at with Woods was we didn't do a lot of pressuring from the cornerback side. Um, you know, MJ Stewart, if anything, I think was the cornerback who had the most pressure just from a blitzing standpoint. So by h- having that nickel that he wants, you could see an element next year, where if I have six DBs out there you may see the more occasional blitz. Like we didn't see Denzel Ward come in much on, uh, you know, uh, a zone blitz, so to say, or some sort of a cornerback blitz. But I would definitely say that if Woods fully gets this rolled out, we could see corners that maybe are more proficient tacklers, a little more rush capability. You know, the Steelers love to do kind of those zone blitzes, those robber blitzes. Um, so you could definitely see something like that, where next year we may see an uptick in the cornerbacks being able to get after the quarterback. Because if I'm rushing four from the front, dropping seven, and then all of a sudden I bring a guy, kind of almost like what Tampa did in the uh, in the Super Bowl, you may see corners being more integral in the pass rush game than you did last year.
1: No, and it's going to catch a team by surprise because you think, hey, there's four coming at me. The one linebacker on the field isn't. I've seen he's there, and then suddenly. It might be, say, Denzel Ward just comes flying in from the side because they've rolled coverage over. um, And and that's just going to catch a uh, quarterback by surprise. So, uh, yeah, there's loads of funky stuff they can do. Um, So, yeah, just because you've got six DBs out there doesn't make you weaker against the run. It doesn't make you um, more susceptible to not be able to pass rush because you've only got one linebacker out there. You can mix up and do some really, really funky stuff. Um, And as we see, the more you can change a defense, pre to post snap the harder it is for a quarterback if it's quite predictable then it creates problems whereas if you change it up and the minute he sort of gets that ball and turns his head slightly and he's seeing something different that can make him pause for half a second and then Miles Garrett's already picked him up and piled him into the ground
0: yeah well in terms of the Browns cornerbacks I think there's one guy we know will be here that's for sure Let's,
1: let's start with him let's start with him
0: Let's make let's, let's make this one easy because the question really becomes is how much is he getting paid next year? How much is he looking to get paid in the future? That's our guy, the Ohio State Buckeye himself, Denzel Ward.
1: Well, if you come back on Thursday and check out thedogland.com, you'll probably be able to read an article <laughs> based on what he's going to get paid um, because it's in the works. I just haven't finished it yet, um, but it's going to be a fair bit of money. He just – Some crazy stat from PFF that I saw um, at the end of this season. So there's been one corner in the NFL in the last three seasons that has had under 40% completion percentage while in single coverage, and that's Denzel Ward with 31%. The guy is mustard. The issue that you've got is he miss is on average four games a season, and that's where the concern lies. It's not so much in what he does when he's on the field because when he's there, he's great it's just down to a uh, availability is the best ability.
0: Yeah. This is a guy Denzel Ward targeted 74 times in coverage last year, 41 completions. That's a receiving percentage of 55.4% giving up a total of 490 yards on the season, two interceptions and 10 pass breakups. So this is a guy remember that only played in 13 games with 10 pass breakups so that's an nfl passer rating of 91.6 that just shows you they're they're still not completely terrified to go after denzel Ward's side side and that's probably mainly because of his size so they think you know in the eagles game and stuff like that you see that they do try to go at him a little bit but at the end of the day if there's a 55% completion percentage on your side of the field that's pretty good
1: yeah, no, it's, it's good. There are times when they won't go in because the other corner or the other two corners are so weak. Um, and you saw it. a really good example was the Tampa Bay versus Green Bay Championship game um, where they basically just didn't pass the ball Tom Brady for the first three quarters anywhere near my boy Jair Alexander. Um, it was scared, didn't go that way. And I was telling my Packers mates, I was like, Jair Alexander is so good. We haven't heard anything from him all game because Brady literally threw exclusively to the other side of the field. He was on and then he threw three passes in the realm of Joe Alexander. He got two interceptions. Um, it, it's one of those things that you certain corner might not have the box score stats. That could just be because the ball's going the other way. And, and that is a massive compliment to any uh, DB. If the quarterback just doesn't want to throw near you. So um, no it, ward is class. Um, and Andrew Berry said it: you can never have enough good corners. If Steve keeps banging the drum for that, it's a position where even though the starters are expected to play every snap, you need that depth because one guy goes down, you've got to be just as good, and uh, that is a tough, tough challenge.
0: Yeah, and a guy like Denzel Ward, he it, the injury bug has kind of been his, you know, his one knock, and you know he gets a minor injury. It's nothing obviously that's been kind of crazy in terms of like season ending. He's just a guy that goes out there, competes. I think in the scheme that Woods is really trying to run, I think he's a guy that has a little bit higher value in terms of the zone scheme, just because his quickness, he does have the ability to man up when needed. So he gives you some capabilities to play many different ways. Like He's not a guy. So back in the day, used to have like a Santi Samuel who is limited in terms of how you could play or a guy like Namdi Asimwa. Like these were guys that, you know, they were very good corners, but they were very specific to a type of scheme. I think Denzel is a versatile guy. I think he possesses a lot of the traits you're looking for. So I definitely think he's a guy that's going to be wearing the orange and brown for a good amount of time.
1: Yeah. So next we're going to jump over to the opposite side corner and I'm going to start by mentioning a cornerback and then we'll catch up with about him later. Greedy Williams cannot be in this spot for roster building standpoint. That's not because he can't do this role. You cannot have someone had on one not great rookie year is pretty bad. And then has been out injured all of last year and go, we're going to bank on this guy to come in and be our starter no matter what. And that's effectively what you're doing with these people who are pegged in as starters. We'll catch up with him when we come to the sort of depth guys. Um, But for that reason, he cannot be in this slot. Um, Here's here's a question.
0: We go into last season and this will be a segue for us is we go into last season with a guy named Terrence Mitchell being lower on the cornerback depth chart than probably most people would have guessed. He ends the season as the guy taking the most snaps. He plays all 18 games for the Browns. So if you go into the next season with the same expectations that you had for Terrence Mitchell that you do for greedy Williams next year, I think that's probably the route you want to go because obviously money. Mitch comes in, he was a borderline. Is he going to make it? Is he not? Now greedy Williams is going to be in the Browns plans, barring some form of an injury or something like that. But at the end of the day, he's not coming in as your cornerback Number two, much like Mitchell was, and he was coming in much lower opportunity presented itself money. Mitch played well, and like I said, he ended as the Browns' second-best cornerback, played in all 18 games, took more defensive snaps than anyone else in the Browns' defense. If we can get that from Grady next year, great. But I think using Terrence Mitchell's 2020 season is a good measure for how we should approach Greedy Williams in 2021.
1: Yeah, that, that is a, a really, really good shout. So um, we've got two options then left. If Greedy's not the guy, we've got an option we can go into free agency. So there there's some guys out there coming off one year prove it deals in Ronald Darby and Jason Verrett, which are obviously risky acquisitions, not guys I'm particularly pumped about getting. Um, I did really like Darby last year, but, um, his value is now going to be a lot higher. You've got the one big name that's been touted on Twitter is Richard Sherman, um, who you could go in for two year deal, sort of what 28 over two, um, it's pricey, but it's okay. um, I don't think they'll be looking at sort of a William Jackson and a longer deal because I can't see them going and having a sort of decent three, four year deal opposite ward when effectively what they're looking at is, Hey, let's have greedy. Let's have a, another high round pick that we'll chat about later. So there's no point having a load of talent there. And then you go sign a guy that buries all that talent. So they'll effectively never play um, because there's no point having a first or second round pick that, you hope, never sees the field for three, four years. Um, it just isn't good investment um, in the cornerback position. Or you go a different route and you go, actually, Terence Mitchell, Brashard Breland, a player like that, we can bring them in as the starter because let's have greedy, let's have a pick behind them and have like a trajectory where you go, we're not going to bury it. We're going to bring in Terence Mitchell, Breland, what, 10 million over two. It's not an expensive deal. It's a deal where if that person becomes your corner three, corner four, you, you don't mind, um, but you have that veteran. So where do, where do you see it going? I've got one wild card that I'm going to save for later, but in terms of an outside corner, do they go for sort of a Richard Sherman or do they go cheaper, um, sort of your Terence Mitchell?
0: Sherman's an interesting one. The thing is, he's 33, and we all know that if you're paying him, you said two years, 20, and the 20 millions. 20, I, I, yeah, I just struggle to see Deepa to giving 14 million AP, you know, average per year to a 33 year old corner. Um, I mean, Patrick Peterson's 31 and he's diminished rapidly. And now the thing with Sherman is, Sherman is literally only a zone boundary corner. So you could put them on one side, but I just, I don't see that being the fit. I definitely think they're going to address the position in free agency. You know, there's a guy that probably is out there that they like his scheme fit. He's probably not one of the upper echelon names. I'm looking at the list. There's not a lot of guys out there that really kind of tickle my fancy, but this is where you, you rely on a guy like Joe Woods, you know, you rely on your coaching staff to identify some guys that in, you know, in terms of roster construction, we're not, I don't think you're, you're going to find a solid cornerback two out there as much as you maybe bring a guy in, maybe multiple guys in for QB or QB cornerback three. cornerback three, four, and see which one of them, you know, you have the greedies, you have all these guys, you put a hodgepodge of middle ranking corners in a room and find out who, who's going to step up. Because ultimately I think you do have a wild card in the sense that Terrence Mitchell, he's not your conventional second cornerback. He at least played it last year to where, you know, I mean, you know, we talk about age, he's only 29. So he's four years younger than than Richard Sherman. And I think you could get him for a significantly less amount. And I mean, realistically, if you gave him the choice between Terrence Mitchell and Richard Sherman, I'm not paying for Richard Sherman, what he did 2014 with the Seahawks. I'd rather pay for what Terrence Mitchell did opposite of Denzel Ward last year. That's just me. I'd rather pay what? What do you think, Mitchell? Four or five million a year?
1: Yeah, somewhere right in that range of, I, I think nine million over two is, probably exactly where it'll roughly land and to be fair if you're looking at brashad breeland or terence mitchell you may as well bring in terence mitchell he he knows the system um he's going to hit the ground running In he he gives you that guy that you you know he's okay as a starter he's not great he's never going to wow you as the starter but he's okay and if you're doing that and then you pump loads of talent underneath it and you go look greedy pick Maybe it's a later pick as well. And you go, look, we've got all these guys. One of them is going to be that real deal. Let's just see what happens. I'm going to throw one wild card out there. This is a guy that is more naturally at home in the slot, but can play to Terrence Mitchell's level when he's played outside in the past. He's going to be a free agent because the LA Rams have run out of money. That's Troy Hill. And the reason why I really like the Troy Hill signing is because it's similar to the way the front office worked with, it's similar in a way that they did with Kevin Johnson of going, hey, we've got someone that plays outside. It's Kevin Johnson's more of an outside that can play a bit inside, whereas Troy Hill's an inside that can also play outside. And I think that's a really smart move where you can go, hey, we'll pay that 10 million over two. So the similar money you're going to give to Terrence Mitchell, but you've got a guy that if greedy, if a draft pick steps up, can slide naturally into the slot, especially for those dying plays where you want that sort of slot corner as well as your uh, third safety. And I think that gives you such a nice combo that it it allows for as much diversity as possible. It's not crazy money at that price, but he he can also be a bridge to start an outside if you need time where a greedy couple of picks develop Um, but he he doesn't sort of like Richard Sherman stop one of these youngsters from uh, getting the starting job if they perform really well.
0: And I think that's a good name for what we talk about guys out there that aren't the household names, you know, the Jair Alexander's, the Xavier Howard's, like these are some of the names, you know, the Rams also, in speaking about that room, they have a restricted free agent by the name of Darius Williams who had his best season of his young career. So this is probably one where, if they had to choose between those two, obviously they're likely going to go with Darius Williams over Troy Hill. Um, Hill's a guy who's, you know, been around thirty years old. He's had a steady, decent NFL career. Um, I don't think he's ever really been top charts in terms of what his top defensive length, uh, defensive ratings are.
1: Just this year, when he moved to the slot, it's the only time he's really wowed.
0: And how much of that though is Jalen Ramsey? That's my only question on him. Is if I have Darius, uh, you know, Darius Williams, that's on the other side, that's playing well, and I have Jalen Ramsey, that might make my life a little easier. And you wonder because the Rams also have the safety. Was it J? Um, I, I John. want to say I want to say J W Johnson, obviously, but that's the guy from the Browns, because um, John he's Johnson. like John, yeah, that's Johnny right. Johnson the third, and that's the problem. I was like Johnny Johnson the third. He had another uptick in years. So the question then becomes is how much does Ramsey make them better? And then also we've talked about this in the edge rooms is the pass rush also helps. And when you have, you know, Aaron Donald, you have Michael Brockers, you have a lot of guys that know how to rush the passer. That's my only thing on that secondary is are some of these guys, maybe a little bit inflated just based on in
1: the past. It basically played as well as Terrence Mitchell's an outside corner. So um, even if he's just that, that's fine. Um, I just think he gives you that really, really nice flexibility of going, look, if we're going to have a three safety um, base in nickel, then in you can't really pay a slot corner that's going to come in and play 30-odd percent whenever you play dime. How, however much percent that might be, let's say it's 30, there you almost need to um, have that sort of cheaper option, whether it's you go really cheap and you have an MJ Stewart as your slot, which isn't great, if you have sort of a Troy Hill that can go, hey, when we need six corners, you're going to be out there. Six, sorry, DBs. That is a, uh, a really, really nice idea. So that's why I really like the Troy Hill outside thinking, mm-hmm. outside the box wildcard. Um, and I think they will as well because it's, it's dirt cheap money. It gives you Terence Mitchell plus a, Terrence, a, uh, a, a sort of top eight in the league slot corner if you want to move him inside. Yeah,
0: and a couple other guys, maybe just to keep names on, there's always an easy ability to take guys from previous teams and trans, you know, translate them into this team. So the 49ers do have a couple guys that are out there. Obviously, Joe Woods would have been the secondary's coach. So these are guys he knows very well. Emmanuel Mosley, he's a restricted free agent. Um, Akilah Weatherspoon is an unrestricted free agent. You had mentioned about Jason Verrett. Um, so these are guys that are coming out of a similar defensive scheme. So they're always guys to take a look at. None of those are guys that I would break the bank for. None of those guys are really anybody that I'm just you know writing home on to say, oh, this is going to change the uh, change the complexion of my secondary. But there's a couple of guys out there that I know Browns fans have been looking at. Jordan Lewis from the Cowboys. He's a Michigan guy. Um, I think they also have Chidobe woozy. Um, he's another one that's going to be out there. There's a couple restricted free agents, like guys like Chandon Sullivan from the Packers. I don't see him hitting the open market. He played well enough. If one of these guys maybe just doesn't land, then, you know, maybe you give him a call. There is one guy and there's an obvious connection here. He was a former first round pick. He's moved around a little bit, played halfway decent, but he knows Denzel Ward very well. And that's Gary on Conley. So Gary on Conley is a cornerback out of the Texans. Um, He's kind of been moved around. He's an unrestricted free agent. They also have former first round pick Vernon Hargraves, who's a former first, like I said, former first round pick cornerback out of the Texans. Those are two guys I would maybe keep my eye on. They have a lot of upside again, like we kind of talked about in the linebacker room and in some of the other rooms as you're looking for guys to maybe just kick the tires on and say, Hey, you know, this is a guy that was widely regarded around the league, had a nice high review. Conley obviously knows Denzel Ward very well. So there was a little bit of an allegation coming out of the college that caused him to drop to the back half of the first round. Since then the allegations were cleared. It was, uh, I believe a domestic situation with a female. Um, I don't know Gary and Conley. I've never met him. A few of the guys from the Ohio state. I did know I've never met him. I can tell you nothing about him, the person, but he's definitely, a, I, I could see Andrew Barry giving him a call. I mean, he's only 26 years old.
1: I think it'd be fantastic. You're talking what a couple of million. Um, and even if you stash him, a couple of picks, a couple of free agents, Denzel Ward, um, well, you've got a really, really loaded room and you, you haven't, again, you haven't committed to anyone outside of Denzel Ward then say, and then you might go the other route of going, look, we've got Troy Hill, Gary and Conley, greedy Williams, a, uh, Day one slash two draft pick, we've got um, Denzel Ward. Actually, we're going to wait a year on paying Denzel Ward because even though Denzel Ward is really, really, really good, there is that injury concern. And where you've got four players then, or well, three players, can't count Troy Hill there, three players that all taken sort of first or second round, all you need is a couple of those guys to hit, and you're going actually... Denzel, we're actually not going to pay you um, because you have two of these other guys perform a similar level as Denzel Ward. So we saw it. Tampa Bay had a phenomenal defense um, last season. I I think their highest paid corner was one and a half million. Um, I'm not saying it's a sensible roster building strategy, but if you have concerns over Denzel's health, which I think is reasonable, and you go, right, let's go out and see what all of these guys can do. Denzel, we've picked up your fifth year option. We'll discuss the deal next off season, as long as you can prove your health. And I and I, th- I don't think he's gonna be upset with that sort of scenario because he he understands that's a problem and that if we have a full healthy year, then we can happily sit down and discuss it. So it wouldn't surprise me if they wait a year on Denzel, load up with all of these talented guys, throw sort of Conley in there and let's see what happens.
0: Yeah. There's three other guys that I'll mention is just guys that I've cut my eye on. One of them is from a division rival. Um, he was used interestingly by the Steelers and that's Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton's a guy I like. He doesn't play a ton over there. I think he only took less than 50% of their snaps. He's just a guy I like he's a versatile guy. They blitz them. They use him. Anybody that's watched primetime football, there was a couple of games where Mike Hilton really stood out. I don't, I think that there's this perception that he's going to get paid more than he's actually going to get, and that's mainly because when you find a couple roles for him, he can really excel at. The other two guys, Mackenzie Alexander, who was a guy that was out of Minnesota, um, so Stefanski would know him. These are guys that you can just make a connection to. You kick the tires, you bring them in. Obviously, we're going to trust the coaching staff knows these guys better than we do. I'm just talking about skill sets. And there was one that was just released the other day. He's older, but he's a guy I think you could probably bring in, AJ Bouye you know, he got released by the Broncos. He's a guy, he's 30 years old. He's been, he's played at a high level. He's going to want to come and probably play opposite of one of the younger corners. He's kind of falling into that mold of a secondary corner, much like our secondary edge rushers. So Bouye released by the Broncos is out there. He's a guy I'd probably give a call to. If you, if you like his skill set. Um, I think he would be a good guy to, to bring into the fold and let him fight. Guy that's been in the league, it's had success when he, when Jacksonville was good, got his big pay. You're probably not going to break the bank for him.
1: Yeah, f- for me, if if you're playing a slot corner, fifty percent of snaps upwards, then uh, Mike Hilton's the first guy. I call twelve million over four uh, three years, four million a year. You're, you're talking peanuts. The slot corner market is pretty much you. It's unique. You've got your twenty-two starters on the NFL and slot corner is now a starting position because defences have moved to a nickel base. It's four to five million starter. If we look at all of the other positions, if you wanted to go into free agency and get a top eight starter, at a position, we're talking age 20 million. We're talking uh, safety 15 million. We're talking quarterback, obviously 25, 50, 40 million. Kirk Cousins got silly money an edge, a uh, left tackle, what, 20 odd million. Um, Whereas you're talking a starting slot corner, 4 million. There is no respect for the position, despite it being really important um, in today's NFL. And that is a position you should take advantage. So there's never a reason to go out and spend a day around one, two, three draft pick on a slot corner. By all means, if you take a punt on someone in round six or seven and they hit, no issue with that. Don't invest high in the draft because it's all about value saved. If you're drafting a guy that's a starting edge on day one, day two, and they end up playing like Miles Garrett, then that's a guy you've got for six million, maybe over four years. Whereas, if you wanted to pay Miles Garrett, well, that's 100 million over four years. And so that's a massive saving. Whereas, if you're paying a guy 6 million over four years to come in and start a slot because he's a second round pick, well, if you'd have paid for a free agent, it's only going to be 16 million. So you've saved 10 million rather than nearly 100 million. So that's the reason why, yeah, if, if if you want a slot corner, you're looking in free agency, because the values there are similar to a blocking tight end, a long snapper. Don't ever draft them guys in days one, day two.
0: Yeah. And if you wonder why you're kind of following, like why we quickly went away from the guys on the current Browns roster into some free agents, it's because there's a little bit of a, a gully between, you know, our starting number one corner and Denzel Ward. You know, when we talk about a slot corner, you're likely talking about a QB or cornerback three. So you're talking about a guy who's going to be your third starter. So you know you have ops, ob- you have obviously have your boundary corners, and then you have your inside guys. So there's your CB one, two, and three. The Browns, their current roster construction has Denzel Ward, and then has a lot of guys that are going to be vying for cornerback uh, four, five, and six. Now we're talking about guys like Brian Allen, AJ Green, Kevin Johnson. I don't see them bringing back. If he does he's going to be a guy vying for that cornerback three spot and maybe the backup to that. And then MJ Stewart, Tavier Thomas, special teams, he's probably going to be your cornerback uh, six. It's
1: a free agent. It's a free agent. They're going we'll to, they're going to bring it back. That. Get to my boy. So, get to my boy,
0: you have you have these guys out there obviously the browns release robert jackson to get another name out of there so you have a few guys that are going to be vying for that bottom of the roster spot so if the browns do have a guy at the end of the first round they like as a cornerback he's likely going to go into that fold for the you know when we talk about draft possibilities i would say unless it's a day 1 corner day 1 corner is going to go into that top 3 mix day 2 day 3 or on you're looking at again churning the bottom half of that cornerback room where Basically anything one through three is a starter four through six is going to be a backup. So label these guys as starters or backups. That's kind of the divide we have. So when we kind of get through some of the guys on the current roster, mainly we're talking about guys that are vying for backup roles, because as we saw, when we don't have two starting caliber cornerbacks, teams can take advantage of us in the past. If you don't believe me, go back and watch the second halves of games where teams were able to move the ball very freely against us. And when you have guys like Robert Jackson and all those guys taking viable snaps at cornerback late in the season, because we didn't have the depth it's time that we can have some of these guys fall in the AJ greens to develop his depth, but we need guys that can come in and play week one of
1: 2021. Yeah. So no, really, really good points there. So um, we've covered sort of them three starting spots and obviously that debate over the slot corner and its value to this offense comes down to woods. If, if you end up with a slot corner being in your starting dime defense, they play 75% of the time. At least if you go the other route, then you're looking at about 35% of the time when they're out there in dime. So um, it's one of those, it's hard to gauge um, where woods wants to go. But if we're saying, yeah, a third of snaps, that's when your slot corners out there. It's still an important role, um, but obviously doesn't have the value of the other guys. So next we get to the first, back up outside corner and that name's greedy williams i'm really really excited it was for me it was the best um round two pick john dorsey ever made um and I, I i'm still hyped that he has the talent to get there you just can't trust him on day one because of the injuries so let's stash him there um expectations of at worst Terrence mitchell level I think that's a really good shout from Ian earlier in the podcast. Um, but no, the, the upside's then huge because if this guy then hits the ground running, happy, happy days, we'll, we'll go and pie. Um, and you, you've got other talent there. What you can't have is he miss and you you sat there uh, crying your way to uh, another disappointing end of the season because you can't cover.
0: Yeah. And and remember with greedy, it's okay. He's played one year. We, we, we know the strengths of his game. We know the weaknesses of his game. So if all of a sudden he sat out last year and now he comes back and he's he he's viable for a starting role. He's competing in that lower half of the room to get into the second, you know, to get into the starters. I mean, remember they like the guy. He's six, two, he can run. I think he, his combine speed was, I think a four, three, seven, four, three, eight. I mean, the guy can fly. He's tall. If you remember right, like because I think a lot of people have forgotten who Greedy Williams was. And one of the issues as a rookie corner is you don't have the physicality sometimes to play in the NFL, so you get beaten up at the line. You know, Jair Alexander, look at his progression over the last few years. You know, he got bullied a little bit early, and now he's developed the man strength, so to say, to be able to compete with these guys. You know, Greedy's an athlete. I mean, the guy's fluid when he's out there. If you go back and watch his time in LSU, I remember when he was coming out people thought he was going to be a top 20, top 25 pick. So when you talk about a second round pick, I mean, this is a guy that can change direction. I, if I'm not mistaken, he at LSU played press man. So this is a guy that can get on the line and mix it up a little bit. The thing is, is he just needed to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. I don't know what this nerve in the shoulder thing is going to do for him, but he's a great follow on Twitter, which also, you know, we can't, we can't, Set aside that we give Mac Wilson the props for that. Greedy Williams has been teasing people all year that he was going to like come back and play in a playoff game and people believed him, but yeah, I mean, some of the things that he needed, he, he struggles, high pointing a ball. I remember his rookie year. He just, he wasn't able to high point balls got beat sometimes over the top. He's got to get bigger in the run game. I mean, this is, these are the type of guys you're picking apart to make sure that when they're vying into that second tier of corner, but trying to get up, you hope that he gets a little bit more physical better tackler, um, maybe increases ball awareness. You know, the bronze secondary coach is a guy by the name of Jeff Howard, who was with Kevin Stefanski in 20, uh, for I think six years in Minnesota. So this is a guy, hopefully he's worked, hopefully he's worked on the, the studying, the studiousness, the techniques of greedy Williams. So when he gets back on the field, he can really hit the ground running because I think there's a lot to like about greedy. I just want to see it. And until we see it, we can't really put his name in pen anywhere on the, on, on the cornerback depth chart.
1: Yeah, so, no, it, it leaves you a nice position there. And let, let's say we're working in theory. You've taken – you've got Denzel. You've got a guy that, let's say, is $5 million a year, whatever that is. Then you've got Greedy. For me, the, the next name, it, it, it's who you draft. There is going to be a guy they add in the draft. Um, they're not monks. So they're going to keep adding talent to this position. Um, almost one of those things, just write it in pen. There will be a wide receiver. There will be a cornerback taken every single year by this front office. I'm not I'm talking everything from the first round to the seventh round. They will always pick up a guy. Um, so I think the interesting name sort of value to look at is those first three rounds. I can't see them leaving this draft without whoever they add. Obviously, if they go the Richard Sherman route, they could potentially wait. But I think even then, you still have to draft a guy because Richard Sherman's the clock's already ticking for he's leaving the team in two years if you pick him up in free agency. So, whatever they do, yeah, it's one of those three positions, as we've said, they could take on day one. I think it's probably their second or third round pick. But, um, 100%. Day two, by close of play, we've added a cornerback.
0: Yeah, I think that cornerback is obviously one of the positions that you, you, Use resources in the draft on, Um, you know, you mentioned John Dorsey earlier. I think when he cited his top five positions, if I'm not mistaken, cornerback was number three. So quarterback being number one, pass rusher two, cornerback three, offensive tackle four and wide receiver five. So, you know, this is a position where you can use, you know, a substantial amount of draft capital. I ultimately see them taking one cornerback early and then one cornerback late you know, obviously we've talked about some of the undrafted free agent success coming in and playing cornerback in the league. But at this point, I definitely see the Browns utilizing some capital in those first three rounds, especially given the fact, you know, that they have several uh, third and fourth round picks. So definitely going to see a cornerback or one of those cornerback safeties. You know, there's been a couple of guys out there where they played corner in college and they've moved a little bit more of a safety in the NFL. Um, I could definitely see the Browns spending some capital in the secondary.
1: Yeah, and then we get on to basically what's coming with that sixth, seventh corner, how they do it, what they shake the room out as. Um, so let's start with the one guy that's on the roster. There's one guy on the roster I think that's got a chance of coming back, and that's MJ Stewart. Because, yeah, he's sort of a backup slot corner. He's not particularly amazing. He's uh, questionable, but phenomenal special teamer. And Quite frankly, if you're looking at him and going, yeah. We don't mind if he plays a bit of corner. It's not ideal, but he is a really, really good special teamer. That's the sort of guy you're like. Let's stick him on the roster. Um, MJ Stewart, Stewart.
0: Yeah, I definitely. I do believe he's under contract right now or yep. for next year. year. Based on over the cap, 1.1 million for MJ Stewart. I think that's a good number. Former second round pick. Yeah, I think he comes back. I think he's a guy that's going to be in that second half of the cornerback room fighting for a spot. He made some plays. They were able to pressure him a little bit. So I definitely see him being a guy they bring back. Because realistically, Ward, Williams, MJ Stewart, is there another cornerback that we even have under contract for next year? I Oh, A.J. Green. A.J. Green would be obviously the one that they brought the undrafted free agent. But outside of that, I don't think anybody else, right?
1: No, um, Brian Allen is the other name that I believe is under contract. I um, know Brian Allen's an exclusive rights free agent, um, so isn't technically under contract. Um, I, I'm going to throw out a guy. that's a restricted free agent. And, yep, he's not going to get a restricted free agent tender because however much I love Mr. T, um, Thomas isn't worth the $2.24 million. Um, that it's going to cost blasphemy
0: blasphemy my prefers are gonna fight you
1: i would love to do a deal with him though so i'm happy to time up for a deal even if it's sort of four million over three years or five million over three years I- i'd do that um and then just lock him in there and before fans go oh but he's rubbish playing at corner i don't ever want to see him play corner <laughs> for me he he is your like matthew slater of uh, new england um is on the depth chart but he's there just to play pure special teams and he's really really good at it so for me i would happily time up longer term um, but just bring the guy back in and let him contribute
0: Javier thomas if he's playing corner it better be 35 to 7 with six minutes left in the fourth quarter and you say hey denzel do me a favor buddy come on over here have a seat right there Why don't you give him a little hyper volt massage or get those legs uh, recovery? Yeah. I mean, if Tavier Thomas is taking starting cornerback reps, then we have an issue somewhere else. And that is no shot on Tavier Thomas. That really isn't because any guy that comes into the league with a position that really just dedicates himself, you know, the Nate Abner's, the Matt Slater's, you know, guys that come into the league to just make their name on special teams. I have the utmost respect for those guys because that is a gritty battle. It shows perseverance. I love everything about those guys. And that's why I think we just have man crushes on Tavier Thomas because he's willing to do the things that a lot of guys don't. It's a guy, it's the Nick Chubb, the egoless type of things where you say, I have no doubt that if Prefer went to Nick Chubb and said, Chubb, I need you out here on special teams, Nick Chubb would throw the helmet on and get right out there and, you know, and give it his best. But Tavier Thomas is your cornerback six that's why they got rid of robert jackson i think because robert jackson was another guy that was vying for that gunner special teams role and if they've already talked to top thomas's agent and said hey we're interested in bringing you back on you know a deal that's friendly for everybody that locks up you know cornerback six now even if you you know we talk about the secondary there's nine guys you know 10 11 I'm okay with maybe possibly giving me another corner if I'm able to take it somewhere else. Wasn't I think Mike Petton a few years ago kept seven corners, and if you have guys that are you know versatile like um, Terrence Mitchell, that they think in a pinch I could put him as that that slot safety type of role, like maybe backing up Delpit in that role. But you know that's a guy that I think they bring back and I think locks down the bottom rung of the cornerback room because of his spectacular special teams abilities
1: yeah because effectively you're looking at five corners four safeties and then two special teamers if those two special teamers happen to be both corners I don't think they particularly care and um, they might look at a three safety base but then also go hey Delpit's going to be our starting sort of third safety um, if he goes down, we're actually, we're going to change the defense and we'll have a third corner out there rather than the third safety. So there's lots of flexibility and things they'll have. So I don't think it's a particular problem um, for them to go over the two corners rather than sort of one corner, one safety as your special team. Because quite frankly, whoever those special teamers are, you don't want them out there playing snaps anyway um, on the uh, starting defense. So, yeah, I, I think that's certainly a direction they could go. And, yeah, they'll be looking for people in the draft. Um, if there's one area the NFL is worst at drafting, it's secondary players. Um, there's loads of guys that have come in, had really, really good seasons, and they have been UDFAs, they have been six-hit rounders. So I, I think they'll, they'll certainly kick the tires on some guys, um, and it don't matter if they don't hit. If AJ Green never plays another snap in the NFL, I don't think anyone cares.
0: Yeah, AJ Green's, I think the last one that we can talk about here. Um, guy, they obviously made their top priority, uh, unrestricted free agent, or I'm sorry, undrafted free agent, Paul's favorite people. So, AJ Green's a guy I think they bring him back. There's a skill set they like. He's in that 6-2 range. So, he's one of those bigger, more physical corners, which is why I think they like him. So, I'll be curious to see. You know, he's obviously been here for a year. They kept him around. They activated him to the roster, I believe, for two games. I believe he was activated. So, this is a guy, I like him, see what he got. And next year, who knows? He's a backup. And then maybe the year after that, he's vying for that cornerback two, three spot. You know, I really, probably never really in the slot. He's not really a slot guy. So, but he's definitely a guy I think that's going to vie for that opposite corner to Denzel Ward in a few years if he can progress as they think.
1: Yeah, so no, it's it's a really nice room where there's loads of upside. So, just to sort of recap on where we stand as a pair, we're looking at um, starter Denzel Ward f- around He's five. He's the only one.
0: He's the only yeah. one I would feel confident starting. I think cornerback two and three right now are the ones up. Now, if they bring back Kevin Johnson because they like him, that could be you know cornerback three. Obviously, he had the lacerated liver and it just it was a weird season for Kevin Johnson. It really was. But we'll see what they do with him. But we we you know we listed a few guys in that free agent market that I think instantly come in and vie to be a potential starter. Um, but at the end of the day, Q, cornerback one is really Denzel Ward, and then everything else is in the wild cards.
1: Yeah. So across the top five, Ward and Greedy guys that are here. I think two free agents and one draft pick, and I, I don't think he's going to be big any big sexy names in free agency. Um, because if you want to be a smart franchise, you end over paying for the name. Um, I don't want a Patrick Peterson here. Even if he was taking $5 million a year, I don't want Patrick Peterson. Um, it's, it's not a good bet. Um, I would much rather have someone that is shown recently they can do it than paying for a guy for what he did three, four years ago.
0: All right. I may have to dis- – if, if Patrick Peterson has – he just thinks orange and brown are great colors that would look good on him, and he wants to come here for a, a reduced salary. He is still Patrick Peterson. I'm still okay with that. I would, to be fair, if you gave me the choice between Richard Sherman at two two years, fourteen million a year, or Patrick Peterson from for less than that, I would definitely take Patrick Peterson. Him obviously, and Jarvis and Odell are oh, good nice. friends. I would bring Patrick Peterson in. I have no problems with that. I think you'd have one of these. Now, I'm, again, I'm not paying him some. Astronomical amount of money here. That's that's, nor here nor there. But if he wanted to come in for sure, I would. I would definitely. I would definitely take that call. Patrick Peterson is still a pretty damn good cornerback.
1: Yeah, it's, he's going to be looking at twenty five over two, um that, and that I'm out. Of-
0: that that oh. again. If he wants over ten million, I no no offense to Patrick. I mean, I really liked him coming out of the draft. For Browns fans that don't remember, that was the year that we, I believe, took Joe Hayden. So the number four pick was A.J. Green. Number five pick was Patrick Peterson. Number six was Russell Okun. And I believe number seven was Joe Hayden. So or, no, I actually, I apologize. I'm wrong. I don't admit that often. That was the year that Julio Jones went number six. The Browns traded with the Falcons. We came out with Alex Mack. So this would have been 2009. So I really liked AJ Green coming out of Georgia. I really liked Patrick Peterson coming out of LSU. Both of them went four or five. The Browns traded out of six and Julio Jones went six. So as you know, that, that's the that's the past of Brown's, uh, Brown's draft history for the second.
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll give my dream room and then I'll pass over to Paul. Not Paul. Paul's not even here. Uh so
0: yeah, anybody looking for the those, you know, the bellowing tones of Paul Brown know that there's only two boxes in the Zoom chat currently.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Denzel, Greedy, Troy Hill, Gary and Conley. Day two pick. That's my five. Don't worry about what comes after the five. Give me your five. Dream case scenario, obviously with the cap and all things considered.
0: For me. I think I got Denzel in there. I like Mike Hilton in that slot role. So he's my three. I think t- uh, Money Mitch is in my four. I think Greedy, Greedy Money Mitch are your four fives. Um, six, I'm going to go with a six cornerback room. So I'm going with Tavier Thomas. And then I'm oh, thinking, yeah. so I'm thinking Tavier Thomas, Terrence Mitchell, Greedy Williams, Mike Hilton draft pick is going to be in there. And then we saying day two. i if jc horn is sitting on the board at 26 i'll take him i like his size he would be my qb2 but i'd also have him and greedy and you know money mitch fighting for that qb2 and then in ones where we don't necessarily have like a slot, like a Cole Beasley receiver. I have no problem pulling Mike Hilton off and putting another bigger corner, like a six, one, six, two guy out there just for some size, like in some red zone stuff. But yeah. Um, Conley's another guy. I wouldn't mind, you know, kicking the tires on for sure. AJ Bowie names that we've mentioned, you know, I really only want one of them. I don't think we need, you know, multiple known free agents. You know, I could see them bringing in like a Mackenzie Alexander or somebody just to, you know, bring in and depth that corner add some depth to the cornerback room. But yeah, I mean, I think they're going to make a, a sizable investment, AKA top hundred pick on cornerback. I think they're going to make a mid splash in free agency on cornerback. And then I think they're going to find some guys. They just like to fit and want to kick the tires on to fill out the rooms. And you know, one of those guys, I, I bring back Terrence Mitchell. I see what greedy's got. I mean, that's just the route I go. I don't bring Kevin Johnson back personally. Um,
1: I never I th- wanted him in the first place.
0: I didn't mind it. I mean, he was a seven. What's he wasn't even that much. He was like, what? 4 million.
1: Yeah. But I, I wanted my slot corner. That was sorry. my one. my want my one beef with Andrew Berry. The whole of last offseason was he didn't give me a slot corner.
0: And we tried. So, yep. That's where I'm at. I think the Browns are in a good place. I do like the, the cornerback room. Um, I'm really curious to see what greedy is next year. I really am. I hope he's figured out that nerve shoulder thing, you know, as a guy that kind of battles nerve and shoulder stuff myself, like it's not fun, you know, when you're just kind of standing there and you lose complete feeling in your arm. Um, I don't know the exact condition that he had or the surgery that he had, but you know, I've at this point put off surgery for you know quite a few years because of some shoulder issues. So it's not fun. You know, you go to change a light bulb and your entire arm falls asleep or you wake up in the middle of the night and your complete arm is dead. So, Hopefully Greedy gets it figured out. Um, I just know how much of a pain in the ass it is to have that condition.
1: No. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic insight. Uh, really, really good show. Uh, we've laid out some options, sort of our top guys, and we'll be on to the safety room on Wednesday. So uh, lots that's, more that's, good That's, that's
0: big. That's big. We got, we got a couple guys there. That's two of them. Money, our... money,
1: money, 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 money.
0: <sighs> we'll see. We got Ronnie. We got Grant.
1: Um, I'm spending some money on, on Wednesday. Oh yes.
0: And everybody bring your bank account cards. So good stuff. I got to go clean up the rest of this driveway. Uh, I got about three or four more, uh, sections that need cleared. So I had to stop what I was doing so we could get the intro from Paul because we're now designing Ian's day around when I'm not allowed to do the intro. So by all means, uh, by the way, I love that the bangers and MASH, now that Paul's gone, I can say bangers on the net, that that became a, a trending thing within, within our mentions. So bangers, bangers, bangers. Yes, you did that right, UK dog.
1: Oh, yes. He, he's, he, he is the guy that got me the Tony Pollard jersey. That is uh, a good man.
0: There you go. <laughs> uh, that's a banger of a jersey, Jack.
1: <laughs> My <laughs> Paul, man. You don't
0: like it, suck it. So good stuff. Uh, we will be back a couple of days. We'll give you the safety breakdown. Cause like I said, the Browns, this is one of the opportunities they have to make an impact on defense. And that's
1: a position that could use it. So, As always go Browns,
0: go Browns. Last but not least, we want to, for everybody here at the Paul Brown podcast, Jack, Paul, myself, you know, our hearts today are out. Over the weekend, Tom Seipel passed away. For all of you that don't know Tom's story, you know Tom's been battling cancer for a number of years, and he passed away at the young age of 39. He, he made national headlines. About a little, let's see, last week of the season, Baker and Emily Mayfield kind of put together a little VIP package for Tom. Came up to a game, got to check it out. Everybody's been following Tom's stories on social media, you know, and he passed away. So, our hearts are out with you, Tom with your family rest easy sir uh you know you dedicated your life to the lord and now you entered the gates you know quickly and promptly so you know hearts out to tom his family and prayers just a sad day for all browns fans and i'm sure next season um there'll be something dedicated to tom because he impacted a lot of people you know our hearts are with him so rest in peace Tom.